Disclaimer, the following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. Today, we are joined by Blaze. Hello. Gemini. Hello. Menace. Hello. We have Subset. Hey yo. Yeah, I guess though there's no better way than to just start us off. Activision's AI patent that they recently got passed, which is going to allow them to create higher quality NPCs, which means that they can integrate player data to either make them more conversable, make them more interactive, interactive, and just expand what a normal NPC would be, whether that be like the language that they use in interacting with you or the engagement that they have with the player or with the overall difficulty of the NPC. And I feel like this is cool, but I feel like this is also a slippery slope where this is where it could start, but then AI could just take over the entirety of gaming. So like they, they would have AI generated gun sounds. So that way the, the people who collect the sound effects and get paid doing that will be out of a job, you know? Like that's that's my worry at least with this like patent. Yeah, that's always like everybody's worry, but it, it all depends on how how they go and everything that's always come up with AI has always flopped, I guess you could say. I've, I'm always on the fence when it comes to the AI stuff because it, it would depend on if they make their own AI to do this or not, essentially. Exactly, there's so many different If they're just avenues. using a generalized one or... Exactly, like there's so many different or not. avenues and lengths that this can have effect on. So like, you know, there was that episode of South Park that was partially written with AI to help solve the, the issue, the overarching issue of the episode. And there's... There are other YouTubers like Your Favorite Martian and another YouTuber that I can't remember. I think it's like Foul Saber. I don't know if that's the real name, but he he does animations where he uses AI-generated voices and uh, Your Favorite Martian is doing an AI-generated music video. So it's like these elements can fit within our... Cur- I just I just don't want it to go too far where it actually affects people's jobs. You know what I mean? It's really good for you to say that. Point that out would be Disney's on... own Disney a- you know, AI that they use specifically for the intro for like... Oh, well, that's just that was an AI art program that they used. Yeah, but look that again, they, you that can they implement made, it through made or used, show, and then you can see it happening in other shows. That's and then eventually, even... AI will take over everything, so nothing we will see will be original. AI one thing can exist, one thing before. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Come on, man. An AI can never really get anything perfect, at least from what I've seen. Like, it can't get... It's a generalization of data, so if that data gets messed up in any way, you're going to get bad results from it if you're not putting in specific data that you want. Kind of like, like how Matt a human figured the, figured the way that they're doing yes, the Yes, yes, exactly breach. like that, honestly. But, like... It's like you said, if you're putting in bad data, you're going to get bad results. But to where you could you could tell a person like, hey, I want this drawing and this uh, I want this drawing, which is going to uh, transition into into this look into this look. And they can draw each of those sections out exactly how you described it. Yeah, because where if the data is off for an AI. Yeah, exactly. They're all, I feel like I feel like with AI, there should it's an always AI be, element. They're not going to get that. I feel like with AI, there should always be a human element. So that way there's a little bit of a grounded sense of reality. So that because I feel like 
AI loose it is just too um, adaptable. I guess is the is the best word to use. Because like you said, like if if it's just free to roam the internet, internet, I'd say more than half of the internet. I'm not talking Skynet levels here. I know. I'm just saying, like big companies are. They want to just have like an AI where they can just shove all their money in and not really pay like actual people for it. But you know what? That's the dystopian future. We don't we don't like to talk about. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's an interesting play by Activision. It's a smart play to get ahead of everybody else because this is going to be something that's going to be woven into pretty much every aspect of video games going forward, I could assume. Actually, staying on the AI thing for a second, I think that this AI patent may actually push, because I know everybody's scared of like AIs taking artists' jobs and taking voice actors' jobs, stuff like that. I believe that this may actually start pushing countries and other other places to start updating their laws on stuff like this, because we have laws that about like copyright and stuff like that that have been the same for oh, decades, centuries even. It's- it's like there's yeah. so many new technologies that make those it makes them useless because they don't apply to how the world is now exactly so i think Holy that hopefully hopefully this will actually like push, push the yeah. push us to start updating those right i don't know i, I feel like it, it could be something that we see very soon at least with their ai patent being greenlit now like they might they may even introduce this into the next call of duty which uh could be very soon as modern warfare 3 just had their release release trailer announced so menace why don't you take us through that well you say very soon but it's it's literally later this year it's gonna drop november 10th what it's dropping this year and yes it's call of duty 2023 so the the whole the whole taking a year off for call of duty having call of duty uh modern warfare 2 be a two-year cycle they went back on that they said no they said i thought this i thought modern warfare 3 was gonna come out like early 2024 or something nope november 10th what? So so another so, rushed half-baked Call of Duty. Could be or it could it could literally be I'll, I'll get into that first i wanted to say the trailer the trailers look cool the we're going up against makarov uh finally which i feel like we should have just done an mw2 to keep the story somewhat similar yes right but i know they wanted to introduce shadow company and introduce a whole nother aspect of how shepherd is kind of corrupt and everything but we're finally going up against makarov which is one of the biggest beds in call of duty history if not the biggest depending on who you That's ask good, yes. going up against them and the, the trailer actually shows shows him like in the prison and he's getting he's getting brought down and you see him so i'm wondering if that's going to play to like he's either in there and that's actually in the story and you see him and he breaks out later or it's like at the beginning and then he breaks out and you got to go and find him stuff like that i am interested to see but i was actually told by blaze earlier today and i looked into this there is a possibility that it modern warfare 3 could be its own game or it could just be a dlc slapped on top of modern warfare fair too um how quickly this is coming out honestly i feel like it's that ladder of it um where where i was talking about it it's just it's just gonna be the campaign of three slapped on two so it may not be that only only because there was this leak intentionally put out by call duty themselves where they posted a poll on twitter saying would it be a good idea to put the operators weapons and weapon bundles to carry over into call of duty 2023 everybody and the two the two answers were yes and yes wins the reveal what (laughs) that's not a poll that's not (laughs) there wasn't a no option 
option at all. That's not how you run a poll. So <laughs> not, disgusting, honestly. Not only that, but people were angry about Modern Warfare 2019 and Modern Warfare 2 because you spent like hundreds of dollars on these weapon bundles and it was practically the same same game multiplayer wise and you weren't able to have your stuff transferred like over so then bringing it into this saying that it's not only the bundles like the skin packs and everything it's not only the same operators but the weapons if they brought over the same weapons they wouldn't be able to change the damage scaling they wouldn't be able to change like the stats for the weapons stuff like that if all that was to transfer over with the weapon skins and bundles you would have to have the same stats the same guns the same time to kill values everything from that from modern warfare 2 would have to be transferred over and it would technically just be the same game that's why i do kind of agree with blaze that it'll just even if it is a new game it'll be the same shit uh, with a with a three on it same shit different asshole if that's the case they should not make it a full retail price game for 60 or 70 bucks if that's the case it should be like 40 at most no, if it's, it's just be. the campaign that's new. Oh, it's it's gonna be a fully priced game because it's gonna be a whole new story, air quotations. Great, I'm gonna pay 70 bucks to play a campaign that's gonna take me like 10 to 15 hours to beat. And I also heard same multiplayer. You can have the same experience on this old one. But I also heard that this Modern Warfare Three is going to have campaign multiplayer, and for the first time in mo I know, I know for for whoever is going to leave that comment, I know that Infinite Warfare was made by the same creators as Modern Warfare. But this is going to be the first I'll Modern Warfare game. This is going to be the first Modern Warfare game, Modern Warfare, to get their own version of the Call of Duty Zombies. See, people were saying that there was a leak in the trailer. I didn't see anything in the trailer that was relating to this. It was like a thirty-second trailer and all red lines going across and breaking down and it's, stuff it's and then so at the been, end you saw Makarov's face in the back it's it's more so been just uh online leaks like there have been talks for for months about how they're gonna have like a half-baked outbreak mode there's not gonna be round based but yeah i, I am i'm not sure about it because if, if it is gonna be like how they've been saying like with them adding the same guns and stuff and if it is just a, a slap on of the new campaign i don't know if they'll be able to add an entire you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see in November, but to speaking of speaking of zombies, subset, you had the opportunity to watch the recent Resident Evil Death Island movie, and I am very eager to hear your thoughts about it. Well, you're not gonna hear it. I'm not gonna talk about it. Alright. <laughs> That's dang But man. yes, the movie came out uh, last week during the weekend which caught me by the surprise a bit because i i'm gonna be honest i lost i lost the date when it was supposed to come out but this these series of movies have been coming out occasionally i should say this one was been into talks for months before it actually came out and there was not really a lot to work with just like the trailer and a little snippet if i remember until we got closer to the release date this one they have four of the vas coming back to reprise their roles that's leon claire chris and rebecca oh Hell yeah, Leon Skebbies. Yep. <laughs> Matt Mercer from Re6. Ew. Wait, really? Yeah, Matt Mercer did Leon in Resident Evil 6, and so he's doing him again in this movie. Hmm. It's a shame he voiced him in the one that, you know, tragically didn't make it past the, like, you know, it's, the, it's fine. the studio re- board. He's redeeming himself. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And it's, I don't think it's the same Jill from, like, the older Jill is the Jill from the remake, because they're using her new design from the remake in this movie. Ooh. But everything else that happened up to this point is still canon. And the movie itself, may I add, referenced two games 
within the runtime. It's all canon. One's in like near the beginning, and another like somewhere near the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to Jill during Resident Evil Five, where she got brainwashed by Wesker? That's fact. That's still prevalent in this, even though she doesn't look anything like what happened from Five. But you know, that's so this point. is so this is a sequel after Five. Well, this is a sequel to all the games. I think really? a little bit before. Yeah. And some of the, all the films are canon to what the games is going on. These are like stories within, like between games or after the game that's been going on. Interesting. It's kind of like how the the old uh, Rizzy comic books did, but movie yeah. adaptation version. Yeah. Though this one, this one specifically got a little bit more grounded compared to Vendetta. Vendetta was the last one and was a bit, in my opinion, out of touch because some scenes, Leon, Chris basically did not give a f about civilians. <laughs> AKA the one scene where Leon is on his bike trying to escape uh, three zombie dogs, AKA Cerberus. While he was running away from them, he shot signs in the highway because they're on the highway. One of which landed on a dog, then landed on a car, and then proceeded to, if I remember, shoot a tire of a car for that car to smack into one of them. And it hit an oil tanker and big boom. And I'm just sitting here, what about the normal people driving the car? Leon just killed them. like 10 people trying to save his ass. And in the same scene, well not in the same scene, later on in the movie, Chris and Leon were in the skyscraper where the big bad is all the way to the top. And they were in this long hallway where zombies are. And in this movie, there's... It's a gas virus from stretching, it's called, I think, stretching away from like the C virus from like Resident Evil 6. Mm -hmm. It was an airborne virus that got released within the city. Everybody turned and throughout the runtime, we found out there was, we can cure them. So Leon and Chris basically did this John Wick-esque scene killed all the zombies and then in the end of the movie released the cure the vaccine released it in the air and everybody who was turned turned back to normal and i'm just, just sitting genocided here. like a hundred people yeah and, and i'm just sitting here what about the people who just turned back to normal and probably killed people because if, if i remember during this infection they were still there they were just along there for the ride they were still able to see and know what was going Going on there was a along with the ride they, they had no control of their bodies oh that's tragic so vendetta was a bit you know bombastic in its movies and shit the movie before that um detamination was a, a little bit more grounded compared to that but it's that one was tied with las plagas so it doesn't really count here but for death island they really decided to be a bit more all right let's calm down with all the movie hijinks and whatnot kind of sort of let's save the best parts for like the best parts now the vo voice actors for each characters were they did a good job i think i enjoyed them i specifically enjoyed when they were referencing like the old like the old games or when certain characters are talking to each other because this film is like the first one that showed a good chunk of cast from all the games we got Chris, we got Rebecca, we got Claire, Jill, Leon, all in the same movie and all and usually in the same screen. Avengers, assemble! <laughs> not, oh yeah, these people are here too, but they're on the other side of the city being chased by some other monster and they never even meet each other. 
actually, it's not really getting changed up by another monster compared to like the last two movies that they did. Well, this I was, one, it was, I like, was saying somewhat... more like in the games, you you got like oh yeah, I was saying in the games you got like you got like two yeah you got like two groups of two on either side of the wherever you are, and they never even like intersect or meet each other except for maybe like at the end where they're like oh yeah we finally beat the big bad. Even though throughout like all the movies, all the games, like comics or whatever mediums, they know every single these characters know each other. We just never seen them talk to one another or interact with another one another on the same screen once. Hmm. And when I bring that up, this is the first on-screen appearance of mm-hmm. Jill, appearance of Jill after like so long, and this is also the first meeting between Jill and Leon on the same screen. Hmm. And the first time you see them on the same screen, when they talk to each other, it felt like, yeah, yeah, it holds up to the lore of them knowing each other because they're both comfortable with one another. They just talk normally, even though, you know, they're getting chased by uh, aquatic liquors. In the in the comics and stuff that are that are canon, they have met before. They have all been together before, like in the they comics They haven't been on the same screen, the, you know, all that. For like for cinema and the brand, this is this is history being made yeah. right here. Specifically, Jill. Seeing we haven't seen Jill in any re-games for a while now. I was gonna say, yeah, her last appearance was five, right? Yeah, in five, and she just yeah. kind of off at the end of the game we never know what happened to her yeah mm-hmm. it's nice that you said they brought rebecca in it right they brought rebecca unfortunately i'm a little upset rebecca didn't have a lot of screen time compared I mean, to the others was, i mean she was kind of a more minor character i know resident evil zero she was one of the main ones next to to billy you know mm-hmm. rest, well, billy um but anyway billy cohen but um you know minus that she kind of was like a bit of a side character in like the other titles where she appeared mm-hmm. or wait no wasn't she in one of the revelation games if i, I remember think? she was she 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 worked for the same company that uh captured them okay yeah for, i just uh, for revelations i was gonna say i only ever played the one where you were where you played as barry and claire I don't remember mm-hmm, which one mm-hmm. that was. That's in Revelations One. Yeah. Revelations Two is with following Claire. Okay, yeah, because I for because I thought she, but regardless, she was still always regarded more as like a minor character in the end, even though she has been playable in a few. She, you know, she always was kind of regarded as a minor character in comparison to you know the big I'm names not... like Claire, Leon, Chris, and Jill. <laughs> I'm not too mad in a way because her role throughout the whole movie, she's the scientist. It, like it, it was explained in this in Vendetta. She's she's a scientist working on all these infestations and you know infections and whatnot and the viruses. She's the mm-hmm. one, you know, figuring them out, buying vaccines on her own. She's capable. Throughout, like, the lore for her, she's capable. Yeah. And this one, she's even more capable because she was able to figure it out, the vaccine, yeah. on her own. Well, that's good. Because, yeah, she was From what I remember like of a, the lore. No, I was just going to say, like, she started out, like, as just, a, like, a green, fresh-faced, like, combat medic. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see her character mature and grow. Mm-hmm. And you know, becoming more intelligent. From what I remember of the lore, after after the whole event with Resident Evil Zero, she quit Stars and went into the medical field and joined whatever the company was that owned the island for Revelations. And they were supposed to look into more cures for the different viruses that were going. Look, man, all I'm just waiting for is some more is some Silent Hill stuff. Us Resident Evil fans have been <laughs> too good. Where's the Silent Hill shit? I know that's, that's off topic. But I God mean, damn we it. are getting a remake of. 
of Silent Hill 2 here soon. I know, and I'm I'm excited, but I'm nervous because of who's making the game and they're changing some things. And that's just I do want to that's that's something I want to talk about in the future when it's released because they don't even have like a date yet as to when it's coming out. They just have it on Steam like whoop how Silent Hill 2 by Bluebird Team, and I'm like, oh no, Bluebird Team. Hmm. Oh no. Gremlin alert. That's <laughs> fine. But yeah, I'm glad to hear, Dude, Angel, that you've been, <laughs> that you were able to enjoy the film and that it really kind of uh, encapsulated a lot of what a lot of people enjoy from the uh, the Resident Evil franchise. When you say enjoy, here's one thing I need to make clear. The movie, it's good. As a re-movie, not so good. Yeah, if any, if you've ever been a part of the Resident Evil fan base community for a while, the movies tend to be kind of in comparison to the games. Gemini here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Now, if you don't uh, think, over of, the if place. you don't look into it or question like certain things throughout the movie too much, it's an enjoyable watch. But if you if you're a re fan, it's kind of difficult because you're gonna actually look into it. You're gonna mm-hmm. see what it makes what connects to what and blah 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 and it is there is like a callback to another character like one of the villains from vendetta that does a reappearance in this one i will say the villains for this one was kind of meh and the reasoning why they were doing what they were doing was pretty meh though i did enjoy the the combat scenes involving like everybody because the throughout the movies they had pretty decent uh cure choreography thank you yeah with like um doing like close to close combat with guns and against the zombies it was really apparent in vendetta with that one scene but with this one they made it more not as john wick in actual yo we've been doing this for a while let's actually take this seriously and it was really refreshing to see chris and claire working together dealing with all of these along with jill and when you do see like normal scenes with everybody just talking about it felt nice it felt really nice to see and then throughout this one jill is still going through with some ptsd thing going on you know because apparently she just got back onto the force working cases ever since the whole wesker mind control incident that's actually really cool that they're still dealing with the stuff that happened with jill from five because it would have been dumb as hell if they just acted like that never happened but still make it canon i love it when they actually continue on and deal with the aftermath trauma of their experiences from something like that happening yeah mm-hmm. Resident Evil's and, usually been good with giving their characters trauma yeah is oh, yeah. doing a good job trying to be like a mediator for her to be comfortable because he at this point he's being a life coach for a lot of people because he's been through a lot I mean yeah, one thing he, I he probably did yeah. a uh, rehab for his roid addiction oh yeah Miss Boulder Puncher himself oh yeah <laughs> One thing I will say that I actually started to, you know, gush over as a fan is when Jill and Leon were talking throughout their whole interaction, their first interaction ever. And it was really fun to see them work together talked with one another while all that was going when you're dealing with like zombies and liquors stuff like that at least with them i felt like it actually felt genuine it didn't feel like slap slapped on rushed up stuff like that very well weighted yeah exactly i will still say rebecca should have gotten like a little bit more screen time because she popped up like in very few scenes and interact with the other cast like minimally 
until like the end when she does pop up. It wasn't her whole thing that like after everything happens, she didn't want the front lines and oh yeah, because she, she went to straight like into in the bio... background and yeah, she wanted to uh, research more bio weapons so more things that happen on the train doesn't happen again. Like actually find cures, break them down because yeah. obviously a lot of these scientists either die or refuse to help. So yeah, it happens. <laughs> uh, if you like guys, anybody has any time, I recommend you know sitting down and give the movie you watch it's an actual enjoyment and if you're curious this is like the fourth animated movie since the first one that came out around the 2000s and the improvement in animation they did for all of this it, you, you're gonna see it change a lot specifically with this. the first one and the second one immediately there's a stark difference and soon after that they just elevated that fact and it's the animation was nice. It was nice. That's it good. wasn't an eyesore. It wasn't too everywhere. It was simple. Imagine if they would have put all the money that they put into the live action resident animated uh, and how much better they could be. That's why I'm glad that they're not. And I just wish to continue to do more animated stuff. It's going to be way easier to do. But yeah, you know, it's... Still... shut up. No, I'm keep talking. Oh, no, no, it's man. okay. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. The host here. Go ahead. <laughs> which, which I'm, I'm hoping we I see something more. If you've seen like Netflix's show for Resident Evil, uh, like Cover of Darkness, something like that. Like it was like a four to five episode series. Uh, shush. That one was like a little in between of before six and between five when it was going on. And I still have not heard anything else like that show, even though they talked about it a lot when it was first being made. So I hope to see even more work of like shows or like movies like this for Resident Evil because yeah we got games and remakes but we do want more content dealing with the present that's fair but speaking with content that is in the present blaze there was just recently a pokemon presents that was talking about all the new stuff that's going to be coming so why don't you give us a little bit of an insight about what you were able to take away i think little is an understatement because there was a lot in this pokemon present so i'm just going to kind of spitball the quick and easy ones before i talk about the big ones some of the quickie easy ones to go talk about uh the 2023 pokemon world championship is coming up and they just announced what some of the competitors are going to get as a basically just a reward for being a part of the competition uh they'll be getting a promo card called paradise resort with lapis and a bunch of the new starters from paldea like on top of lapis as they're going through the uh like pokemon theme park on the cruise ship along with getting a pikachu plush of Pikachu holding a bowl of ramen ready to eat it. That's cute. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. We also got a trailer for the Pokemon Horizons show, which is going to be the continuation after Ash has left for the main Pokemon series. Not my Pokemon. Hashtag yeah. not my Pokemon. <laughs> the man's Pokemon. like 40 going on 13. He's got to retire. <laughs> Never. Uh, Pokemon Go Fest is coming up soon. Uh, in America, it's going to be in New York from August 18th to the 20th, but they're also going to be doing a Go Pokemon Go Fest Global, which is going to be one where you can play it at home as long as you buy the ticket for it um, from August 26th to the 27th. Uh, and also Paldea region Pokemon are going to be in Pokemon Go in September. So that's something to be looking forward to if you've been thinking on getting back onto Pokemon Go with the new region of Pokemon. I have all of the all of my <laughs> Pokemon saved on two 3DS cartridges. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh... But no, 
next one, uh, Pokemon Unite is about to celebrate its second anniversary, adding in a new mode called Panic Parade, along with adding Mewtwo into the game. Yeah, and, <laughs> and if you log in and use the code second anniversary you will also get a bunch of Mew and Mewtwo themed uh, little trinket items. Ooh, nice. And on another um, mobile game too, Pokemon Masters EX uh, is about to get another story event and bringing in Nimona and Palmot from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet into the game as well to do specific story missions with that character, which is neat to start seeing some Scarlet and Violet stuff into a lot of the mobile games. Right? Yeah. I feel that. I feel like a lot of the a lot of the mobile games have been playing catch up with a lot of the generations that have gone by and I've and I'm glad to hear that they're finally starting to catch up with the current day stuff. Yeah, um Nimona's already in it and then August sixteenth they're also adding Victor and Spectre Spectrier, Spectre. the name of it, um into the sync pair um of the game as well, which for those of you who don't know, Victor is the the male character for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Which is crazy. I think this is the first time we've ever seen, like, a main character, quote-unquote main character of a Pokemon game be seen outside of it. Because usually they just take it from, like, the anime or the supporting cast aside from your player character. So it's interesting to see that we finally get a player character in one of these side games. Also, I also think it's interesting that, um, of how they named him, too, because all the past Pokemon games, were they usually just named them after the titled Pokemon game. So it's interesting <laughs> that name they of, like, gave him an actual like name yeah. um, with Sword and Shield because it's kind of weird to name a character Sword or Shield. Oh, well, yeah. you know, you could you could call somebody Ra okay, oh, maybe not Ra. It Ra could be, it could be like you know, there's there's other sword names you could use. <laughs> well, they also they could be calling him Victor because you know he's the Victor of the game or some stuff like that. You know what? Okay, I know Blaze told me it before, but Menace, the door is over there. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a pun. That was like an actual thing. Oh. <laughs> You don't have Pokemon. You you are, are the victor. Me. You are the victor of that region. Wouldn't calling him Victor be a good name for him? I mean, no, no, he's got he's a point. Victor the region. Like, come That's on. Uh, but moving on to the next mobile game, um, Pokemon Cafe Remix is going to be adding um, the Tatsugiri fish Pokemon into the cafe, uh, along with if you log in, you also get a summer fun Jigglypuff outfit for the game as well. Ooh, that's cute. But going on to some of the bigger stuff that's been announced, another one of the shows, there's two other Pokemon media shows that are coming out. Both of these, I believe, are going to be both online stuff. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. You have Pokemon Paldean Wins which is going to be a online ser web series that follows more into just the story of Scarlet and Violet than with how Horizons is doing. Um, mm -hmm. As you follow a bunch of a small group of students in the Paldean Academy and going about their adventures, presumably following this most of the same events that happened in the game itself. But the other show that's going to be an online one as well, which the first episode just came out today, which is about 10 minutes long. I don't know exactly how many episodes it's going to have, but it's going to be a bit of a short series where it's called Pokemon Path to the Peak. And this is an interesting take on Pokemon because you're not in the Pokemon world. It's an animated series in the real world of people in a club together playing the Pokemon card game. 
That gives me real. I see. That gives me real Beatamon flashbacks. Yeah, it, it has kind of a Yu-Gi-Oh feel to it. The Pokemon don't Bakugan come to life. Flashbacks, no, no, yeah. Beatamon, Beatamon, because at least Bakugan turned into actual like monsters. Beatamon, you just infused the the heart of the imagination. I don't of the even child. remember there being a Beatamon. Yeah, show. they were like they were like little they, they were like little figures that shot out marbles. Beads, not marbles. Uh, I know what they are. I just don't remember there being a show for them. Oh yeah, oh, there yeah, was no, an anime for it. Hundred percent. It's must have flew okay. under my weeb radar. You well, anyway, Path of the Peak. Uh, I already watched Maybe. the first episode before the podcast started. And it, it's pretty good. Um, definitely uh, centered more towards the younger audience, wanting to get them into the Pokemon card game. Mm. But it's still a pretty good show. I think it's going to do well. Um, it's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch the first episode. But also talking, talking about the card game uh, for the Switch Online, they just added the Pokemon card game for the Game Boy onto the Switch along with Pokemon Stadium 2 for the 64 onto the Switch. Right? I'm super excited for that. Hmm. That was lame. Probably still won't buy the <laughs> online pass, but you're getting there, Nintendo. <laughs> you'll eventually you'll eventually get my subscription. I am borrowing my fa the family pass from a friend of mine, so I don't even have to pay for it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, don't say that. They're going to crack down on it like everybody else. Right? Oh, <laughs> man. It's like Fine. like Disney Plus following Netflix's uh, trend of cracking down on password sharing. Yeah, that's another dumpster fire to get in at. No, I was time. able I was able to fit it in. Let's go. I know that there was a couple other big announcements for the uh, the direct. So Blaze, uh, tell us more about the bigger scale projects they have going on. Yeah, the last three is Detective Pikachu Returns, the sequel to Detective Pikachu on the 3DS is coming to the Switch and it'll be out October 6th following the continuing the story of Tim and Detective Pikachu solving mysteries in their city and still trying to figure out what happened to Pikachu's uh, trainer and Tim's father. Ash just retired, dude. Just get over it. <laughs> no, he is the Pikachu. Come on. Yes. Oh, spoilers, oh, we, mate. We, we, we should say, we should say, this is a continuation of the game <laughs> Detective Pikachu and not the movie. Um, yeah, this is a continuation of the game on the 3DS. Uh, the movie is its own thing, but followed fairly true to the original source material with the first game. But the sequel is going to have you playing between Tim and, the, and Pikachu as you talk between humans and Pokemon to solve cases that can hopefully lead to Tim finding his father. Well... Hopefully, nice. hopefully he finally finds where his dad went to go get milk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God. But uh, going to the last two parts of the present, going back into Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, there is a event coming up soon. Technically has already started, but they're doing a Mew and Mewtwo event where starting last week and going in to believe the last day to do this is September 17th. If you get on to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and do the mystery code get your Mew, you will be given a Mew with a random Terra type. And this Mew, if you power it up and get it ready for a raid that's going to be coming out starting September 1st to September 17th, the raid event is going to be a seven star um, Mewtwo raid. And apparently, if you use that Mew you got from the mystery gift in the raid, something special will happen when you go to fight Mewtwo. 
I mean, cards on the table, it's probably just going to be a short five-second cutscene. Like, let's be Probably, real. but it would still be interesting. It's a gun! It, and imagine the... if it's a reference to the first uh, Pokemon movie. But... It's just Mew floating there. Me two going, oh, it's so cute. Pulls out gun. Oh, shit, he's packing heat. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, it's got a gun. The Mewtwo will have the mightiest mark with him as well, which will be an interesting item to have once you get the Mewtwo. Just towards the end of the event, we will also be getting the first DLC for the two-part DLC of the Hidden Treasures of Arizeo, the first part being Teal Mask and the second part being Indio Disc. We got a trailer showing off both of the DLCs a bit more, with the first one announcing to be coming out on September 13th, and the second part coming out in winter of 2023. See, the one thing that really bothers me about the way that they're presenting their DLC in the trailer. Why would, like, they have Scarlet and Violet clearly on screen, but why would they have a duplicate of the logo? Like, like the, the, the DLC is going to be the same across both games. Like, why would you have two logos of the DLC under each logo of the game? That just didn't make sense to me. Uh, well, how it is, is like... you pay, how the DLC works is it's 35 bucks as a bundle for both of them, and they're just splitting it off into part one of the DLC and part two of it coming out at later dates. Ah, I see, I see. Uh, but also, make sure you buy the correct one when you get it, when you do buy the DLC, because there's the version for Scarlet and the version for Violet, and if you accidentally buy the one for the other one you don't have, the DLC won't work, so. That's, that's evil, it's literally the same content, what? Yeah. Be careful of that because there has been many people that have accidentally bought the DLC for the other version and were not able to use it for when this case happened with Sword and Shield. But well, anyway... Yeah, I was hearing about that with Sword and Shield. Yeah, the DLC for Teal Mask, though, the first part of it, showed off we're getting a new evolution of Applin, where it's literally just Applin as a candied apple dragon now, oh, which I what? think is kind of funny that's weird i mean we do already have a vanilla cone we might as well get a candied apple and also going into the lands of kiti kami i believe that's how he pronounced it and there's going to be three heroic pokemon that you're going to be helping out called okidoki monkey dory and bezendipity i these pokemon names are getting so out of hand on how to pronounce it's ridiculous hey man like bitty boppity <laughs> Pivoty poverty boo. I, I I think it's just time, you know. They've made so many games, you know, like like when especially when they made Sword and Shield. Like, how are you gonna make? Well, like, what what's the legendary gonna be? Oh, a dog, a dog holding a shield and a sword. It's like what? Fine, man. It's fine. It, it, I kind of like Okie Dokie as a name. <laughs> I mean, I also like Okie Dokie as a name, but that still doesn't stand with the fact that there's just they need to take a break from Pokemon. Honestly, they need to take a good long break. They can't ever, ever since like rubbish. Odd. I think I think they needed to stop. They just rubbish. need to stop. <laughs> What do you mean, what? rubbish? He's the best Pokemon named ever, dude. Come on. But yeah, with all the... Well, what about LeChonk? The... Yeah, because what, what you're about the same as it. What about LeChonk? Come with, on. With with all the crazy Pokemon news, what I'm most looking forward to is the potential next Pokemon Legends series. But to, to be honest, with all these new games coming to the Switch, I really feel like there should be uh, uh, an upgraded Switch coming out. And conveniently enough, Gemini, you've been looking into the potential of there actually being an upgraded Nintendo console coming out. So why don't you tell us about that? Robbie, yes. segues, I swear to God. Dude, my segues are the best <laughs> part about this. That's what people tune into, my segues, okay? I don't like your segues. Oh my God. My segues are the best. I have the best segues. 
You're listening to The Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM. I like to think that they tune in for the Resident Goblin anyway. Uh uh (laughs) So they don't have a definitive name, but in the second half of next year, Nintendo is going to try to roll out a next generation console. The name so far that they have is Switch 2. It's Um, called the Switch Plus. I know, but it is, um, they've been keeping it kind of hush-hush, understandable, considering, you know, they're probably still figuring it out and everything. But what they have been willing to release about it is that it will be a um, portable device, just like the Switch, and will support cartridge-based games. The system will reportedly feature an LCD screen, not an OLED screen, which aligns with um, reports that meant something about LCD screens being a new gate for a new gaming console. I don't know. Yeah, but Um, then they they, they could release the the Switch to OLED. LED version and make even more money. Yeah, it's possible that uh, when this will release, um, some of its maybe like release games that might come with because uh, in this article, it says something about a Princess Peach game and Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which are slated for 2024. Um, so depending on when they release, it is possible that these could be kind of like uh, the Switch 2's release titles, in a sense. Again, they don't really have much, but um, the president of Nintendo, Shintaro Furukawa, I'm very sorry if I butchered that, I probably did, because I'm a filthy American. Anyway, as for the transition from Nintendo Switch to the next generation machine, we want to do as much as possible in order to smoothly transition our customers while utilizing the Nintendo account. So it's probably going to have something similar with a lot of, like, you know... Um, PlayStation and Xbox, where it is kind of like a smooth transition to move your account from, you know, the old Xbox One to probably what is it, the Series S, X, X, XYZ, I don't know, or like yes. PS4 to PS5, PS3 I... to PS4, you know. Nintendo is in the somewhat enviable, unenviable position of repeating its success with the Switch because, you know, the Switch has been out for a while, so sales are probably slowly dwindling with the console being out for quite a, since 2017, and that uh, they, the Switch 2, I I guess we'll have a backwards compatibility as with digital purchases being, you know, a very big thing with the Switch. And they said it would probably be extremely crucial for the Switch 2 to have backwards compatibility. It would be extremely stupid if they didn't. They they probably learned their lesson with the Wii U because that was the Wii was backwards compatible. But one thing that would have saved the Wii U is if they add a a DS 3DS slot onto it. Because then you could have DS top screen on the TV and the bottom, the gamepad is the touch screen. That's genius. Mm -hmm. That would have saved their entire... Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. It would have given the Wii U about another five years of life, and it would have let you be able to play their DS, 3DS games on a TV. Because Nintendo has always been about that with the GameCube, the Super Nintendo. Um, They were always giving them functions or add-ons that could let you play um, their handheld games on TV. Yeah, and um, as for when they will release more information, they haven't stated if anything they're probably not they're probably going to wait until next year to even release more information about the switch too it'll probably um, because... be for like the ending announcement of a nintendo direct let's be honest yeah because it says that's almost like when will nintendo reveal more about its next gen console it's almost impossible to say but after events like september's tokyo game show the company may begin talking more about the system it's possible though that nintendo may not say anything until 2024 in an attempt to maintain switch hardware sales understand 
understandable. If people find out that there's going to be a new uh, console from Nintendo, people are going to hold off on buying a Switch and they'll just say, yeah, I'm just going to wait for the new Switch. Why would I bother wasting my money now getting a Switch when next year it's going to be obsolete or pretty close to being obsolete? Like, you know, yeah. I get that. They want to try and squeeze as much money as, out as possible, which that's a company thing. That's a corporate thing. Yeah. yeah. Here we are revealing that it's coming out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, it, there's been whispers and we're just like, you know, we're just adding to the whispers, I guess, if you want to say. Adding to the whispers. I Making mean, the whisper more of a mumble. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for it. I know for a fact that when I, I'm going, I'm going to buy the new Switch and then I'm going to then give my old Switch to my nephew. Actually, no, why would I do that? That's the one thing that I hate is like, what about the people that have an Nintendo Switch, but like, are they are they going to be able to transfer their accounts over to a new Switch to transfer over their games or more unlikely? That I like, hope seems so. like they're trying to do that. They said- well, no, did you not hear what I said? They want to try and make we want to do as much as possible in order to smoothly transition our customers while utilizing the Nintendo account. So more than likely, yeah, it's going to be they're probably trying to switch more into how other consoles do when they upgrade from, like I said, PS4 to PS5 or Xbox One to Xbox. Oh, XYZ. Right, right, right. I see. I see. It's like, you know, um, they're probably going to have that where you'll be able to transfer your account data, especially because as they stated, digital sales have increased with the Switch. I mean, a lot like some of the games that I have for my Switch, well, Switch Lite, I'm pretty sure the Pokemon game I have is a digital copy of it, you know, because I didn't feel the need to go out and buy it. And also, I think at the time I was recovering from surgery. So, you know, I couldn't go out and buy it and I was bored as hell. (laughs) I didn't even end up completing the games. All your money went to Tom Nook. I didn't buy Animal Crossing. I don't like Animal Crossing. Was there any expected release for when they'd actually be able to get the console out? No. They just said late 2024, so that could be anywhere from Between like, fall to like... To Christmas um, or like more... even early 2025. Yeah, well, they just said late 2024, so like I said, that could be at the soonest mid-fall at the latest near the end of the year is like a Christmas release. It's hard, they That's the most information they're willing to give out right now. It's possible they might not even have all of like you know, they might still be building prototypes or like fi- like polishing prototypes of this console. So that's probably why they haven't released information of a solid, even like release branch of like, you know, quarter three, quarter four. They just say late 2024. I think it might even be better for them to release it in um, in December, like at the end of the physical year. So that way the next turnover for the next physical year for 2025, they can start actually pumping out stuff for the new Switch and getting there. It sounds like it might be more of a Christmas end of the year release. Well, I mean, I'm excited for it. Because that is pretty much like a prime time for, you know, Black Friday console releases. You know how many people will get injured for a Switch Pro (laughs) on Black Friday? And who's to know when it might even have an American, like, you know, Know, a real, like it's possible they could release it sooner in Japan and then across the seas they might release it like you know a little bit later I don't know if they've done that before with their consoles have they they have done it with games like a lot of their games have to be localized yeah. in the rest of the world but I've, but I've never heard about it with a console but it could okay, happen so maybe yeah they could, but if they haven't done it before, then yeah, they'll probably take into account that a, 
across at least the majority of the world, the end of the year, like December is a pretty big holiday time. Like I know not like I know um, Black Friday is kind of more celebrated over here in like North America. I didn't know you. Uh, it was celebrated. It was like, or, well, not celebrated, but like it was observed in Canada. I'm going to be honest. But like, you know, I, you know, not a lot of, you know, there's a lot of countries who probably don't celebrate Christmas or in a very least similar to how Canada and America celebrates it. But in the sense of it's a very big gift giving month. So it's understandable that they probably would do a Christmas or at the very least a December release because that is a big gift-giving month. Speaking of gift-giving months, uh, we've, or I guess I should say gift-giving day because just a few days ago, with going with that THQ Nordic event that I was talking about earlier, we got a trailer for the next South Park game. And this one's taking a bit of a different approach to the rest of the games that were announced because this one is going to be 3D, baby. And not like that 2.5D that the other two games where it's literally Cartman is in three dimensions and it looks awesome. I don't even know if it's like a team battle or if it's a battle royale, whatever. It just looks like a giant battle arena where you just go in with... It's a snow day, essentially. It is South Park snow day and it is the most magical time in a young boy's life when you don't get to go to school and all the kids are not in school and they're just causing chaos but it's definitely it's, uh... a departure from the rpg-esque world exploring game it's gonna be a lot i think it's gonna be a, a pvp type game well it's gonna be pvp i'm, I'm not excited for it really I'm not excited be... for it at all yeah what, it's gonna be pvp what aren't you excited about for one a pvp south park games because their combat in their other game clunky at, at best even with it being turn-based well yeah um, this is gonna be this is gonna be and, i'd say this is gonna be know. more along the lines of like an active rpg rather than rather than a static rpg if it even is an rpg who knows i, I just game i don't be. it is not an rpg it doesn't look like it this, this is what i've been hearing it's gonna be like a older game party crashers show like that that'd be cool i mean i'm regardless of what type of game it, it is it's gonna be coming out in 2024 and i i'm excited for it because you know change can often be scary especially Especially nowadays when we live in a world where we're on a perpetual treadmill of nostalgia. But I think it'll be a good uh, deviation from the rest of the games that came out. Or will it? Well, only time can tell. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. But speaking of time and the endless approach of the fact that we're only going to ever have the popular IPs dominate media uh menace i know you have been literally waiting a week to talk about this this game but uh yeah t- tell us about what's I've happening been waiting with... years for this all right yeah so just tell us about final fantasy 14 and don't interrupt me <laughs> no your segues suck but anyway wow final fantasy 14 is finally coming to xbox baby so for those of you that don't know final fantasy 14 is the online mmo version almost akin to wow it's a subscription service one and there's actually been more news on it since last week when it was announced but essentially final fantasy 14 will have a 4k support on xbox series x have faster loading and there will also be an open beta this is coming out uh, early 25 in when they launch one of their big updates but during the update prior to it they're going to have an open beta where you will be able to play the game all the way up through the dlc that came out this year and all of your stuff will be will be like uh saved as you play through the game so if you do decide to buy the game after the beta all of your stuff that you've gained during that will come back to you they are also the new stuff that i just found out is not only will it be coming with the new dlc but square enix has also announced that the game will be 
getting an entire graphic over all the way from character hair to gear along with high-res textures for the environment and dungeons coming in this update when it goes on to xbox great They're just had do final it. fantasy 16 suck up my life for like three weeks now i got another <laughs> one about to take my life away yep and then well, for years, years. and then you know in, you in, need a replacement. in our in our year of 2030 we'll have final fantasy 25 to play <laughs> at the rate no, no, no. final fantasy 18.5 remix come on remix redux <laughs> Dream drop different yep. distance shattered memories <laughs> a chain of shattered yeah. memories one would say chain of shattered hearts yeah i i don't days before one night. i don't know if what i'm about to say is actually news or if it's cap but i thought i heard and i'm definitely gonna have to take this out if it's cap but i thought i heard that final fantasy was entering a partnership with xbox to bring all their old games to the console is that they said that bringing final fantasy 14 is going to be a the first step in in a new relationship with final fantasy and square enix they did talk about bringing some of the old games to xbox but not all of them i mean I can understand that. You, if you want to have that kind of business legal partnership, it's better to go with what comes after that starting point rather than having to worry about the litigation and the paperwork that's going to come with trying to sort out how you're going to deal with the older games. I'm, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this game for years. I've played it a little bit on the PS5 and the fact that it's getting a graphical overhaul because the combat's real fun. This is more of an MMO that's based for story than combat. You kind of have those the two sides of the coin when it comes to MMOs. You mean grinding? Uh, oh, dude, my ass. You gotta grind nah, this your one, ass to get everything. See, that's what you always think of with MMOs, but... Nah, this is what always... I hear was fact about with this game, even from sale. Okay, no, well, the whole thing was... Okay, so the game came out in 2010, and it was real grindy, everyone hated it, and it actually shut down for three years, and it came back in 2013 with A Realm Reborn, and ever since then, it has been nothing but positive reviews for the game. I've seen posts of this one person I, uh, someone that I graduated with their older sibling, they post a lot of pictures of their character in Final Fantasy at 14, right? Um, the <laughs> MMO, whatever the heck. Um, and I mean, it looks like they have a lot of fun with it. it. looks like they've made some really amazing lifelong friends from this game and the character oh my god, beautiful pictures that they take, holy shit and everything. It's definitely um, I think they did like a probably like a photo shoot challenge where like every day they probably did something different with like a different theme or what everything like that. And it was really cool. And I will admit it has it has interest me interested me slightly, especially I think when it was ported to PC. I thought about signing up for it, but with as subset said, I also tend to get turned away from MMOs. In the if for me, it's a mixture of the grinding aspect does bore me after like an hour of doing it. And then also, I am the world's biggest weenie when it comes to interacting with strangers. And I don't like the idea of random people just jumping around me as I'm trying to just like zone and do my own thing. So um, on, I am very happy for you and like the people who have been wanting this onto, ported onto Xbox and everything. It's just for me personally, I, uh, I don't know if I would get into it just because of the fact I'm a weenie, but it does like, I will admit from the pictures I've seen, I've seen especially of these like photos I've seen of, uh, 
this person's pictures from Final Fantasy XIV. It does look really amazing, and it does look, look like you can do a lot of stuff. And you said it was, like, kind of more focused on, like, an RPG-esque-like element versus, like, what most MMOs oh, do. Yeah. It's more focused on RPG, but not only that, what I'm more interested in is it's essentially, like, a second life simulator in the world of Final Fantasy. You yeah. can go That's... out and get a job. You can even open up your own tavern or open up a blacksmith shop. I've you heard of stripper. that, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think that's what um this person does. Like I, I like I think they do go out and do like you know, the normal MMO stuff of like doing raids and all that shit. Um, but I think they also do like you know have more of like a community life aspect, especially with the group that they play with. Again, I'm not too close with this person's oh, yeah. older sibling and everything, so I don't really know what all they get up to. Let alone I'm in their gaming circle. There's but I there's there's picked up from it. Yeah, it seems like they have kind of like a community sense. Oh, yeah. There's big community events for the for the clans themselves. The the game itself does clan events there's clan wars there's and instead of like just grinding this is more of like a going into a dungeon kind of thing and going and going fighting through the dungeons and then going back out kind of deal not just going into the world and chopping down the same tree for 30 fucking minutes Runescape. this I mean, is like you actually yeah. <laughs> what i'm curious is and again it's been out for a bit and you said it even got like a whole overhaul and everything uh when it was re-released um <laughs> it's just like i said does it have that and this is a terrible terrible example to try and compare it against but does does it have that like feel that god forbid elder scrolls online has uh that... like what do you mean like the the clunky kind of walking and stuff like that or kind of like that a... like clunky that like mmo clunkiness and just like that overall mmo feel of, uh, you know you're special but then you see like 50 other special people running around and just like doing oh no this shit. is better this is the story doesn't really go like that where you're like the chosen one it's about the the light bearers the light light bringers like bears guardians mm -hmm. of whatever they're called uh are all of the playable characters you're you're not like one special you're a part of a bigger group that has come together to help fend off the world against these dark forces okay. the guardian essentially this is before <laughs> that but I not only did they get a big overhaul in this but they're also you said that you like the pictures and stuff but they're going to be graphically overhauling the entire game for next gen consoles again when it comes out on the xbox so it's going to oh, wow. look even even more beautiful i was going to say yeah because the pictures i've seen which i'm pretty sure they play on a ps4 if i recall so and they looked really crisp and nice um from just the pictures i've seen on their social media and such yeah so right right now they're in update six right now and then during update 6.5 is when they'll have the beta and then it says in update seven there's going to be a graphical overhaul to hair gear alongside shaders and high-res textures for the environment oh wow i i am even more excited now knowing that because i have played it in the environment at least on the on the i was playing it on the ps5 and it, it even then the some of the some of the graphics for the environment itself did look a little little eh yeah but the, the characters themselves always looked good. I mean, I think that's something that Final Fantasy has always kind of done. I've only ever played like one or two of them and not even into their full extent where it looks like they go really ham on the character models. Mm -hmm. And then like and the rest of it, like the environment looks eh, like mid at best. Yeah. And I will say that like with other MMOs, like I said before, you either have you either have good story or you have good combat. This actually kind of blends it a little bit. Some of the fighting is more like basic. I, I could only kind of reference it to like MOBO 
where you're clicking to kind of like auto attack and stuff like that. <laughs> but there are like, there are cool moves that you can do with cool animations and you're not really set to one class because it kind of depends on what gear you, you build into more I than it does I, like you. Yeah, I noticed that because like I said with this photo shoot thing, um, they had like uh, different classes and so I guess I, I thought... Um, I, when when you mentioning that makes more sense as to why like the one photo was like I think their support build and then like mm-hmm. the next one was like a tank build or something and then like a DPS yeah. build and I'm like huh I didn't like I didn't do had... much of it I was like pretty pictures but you mentioning that makes a lot more sense as to why they use the same character and they're like this is the support one this is the tank one and everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you're not you're not stuck having to be like oh I spent I spent two hours making this character and buying the the clothes for this character in the at this person's shop down the street now i gotta go and get a whole new set of whole make a whole new character just to play this different class nah you're all you got to do is change up your stats a little bit and put on some different armor and you're good to go oh so like uh from soft games <laughs> yeah kind of yeah, and i'm not gonna like it i think that uh wraps up a lot of what we were talking about today today was a huge news day holy you're a newsday. I am a newsday. I am the newsman. Two and a half hours. Don't oh, no. even get me started. Almost three hours. Don't Let's even get go. Me started, dude. <laughs> we remember. Uh, all I know is we had eight minutes of a beginning, so it's two and a half hours, like of of genuine audio. So that's gonna be great to edit through. But I want to say that I am absolutely thrilled to finally have the whole team together with Menace. It was always a good time. Gemini. Fun times as always. Plays. Damn it, Gemini! You said the exact same thing I was gonna say. It was fun. <laughs> Last but not least, subset. 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 Yep, he's now Pokemon. Well, anyway, continue with the outro. Yeah, I was just going to say, everybody, I want to implore everyone to take a look into all the topics we talked about today. I want to implore everyone else to take a look (laughs) at all the other podcasts that CJSW has to offer. And uh, once again, I just want to say thank you so much for everyone to join me. And uh, we will see you guys in the next episode, provided I don't mess up the recording process and ruin a week's (laughs) worth of uh, effort from the whole team. God, you better not. I will. Again, I swear. Right? Oh, that'd be that'd be awful. Gemini here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW.